0: Now this podcast is about Governor Cuomo, Dr. Fauci, and the CDC, and the errors that were made. Following are excerpts from my latest book, "Healthcare for All: How to Fix Nursing Homes," Page Turner Press, twenty twenty one. How to fix nursing homes, hospitals, and physicians by paying for outcomes to justify provider incomes. The pandemic deaths in nursing homes could have been prevented with better healthcare management. Governor Cuomo, Dr. Fauci, and the CDC erred. Unfortunately, by not taking uh, doing risk analysis showing the COVID-19 nursing home patients should not be kept at the nursing homes, but should be transferred to and kept in hospital ICUs though overcrowded. He was also the one that demanded that he needed 30,000 ventilators now, he being Governor Cuomo, and failed to use most of them or the extra beds at the Javits Center or the Naval Floating Hospital. With New York leading the way with 1.4 million COVID-19 cases, 43,200 deaths of which 12,000 to 15,000 were nursing home patients. The governor and Dr. Fauci erred. Subsequently, Governor Cuomo, Cuomo, who was the darling of the media on COVID-19 has his comeuppance. Though he denies any responsibility, even the New York Times is questioning his actions and excuses he may have to turn in his Emmy and book royalties as being a hoax. As for Dr. Fauci and the CDC, they never did and still have not categorized cases, deaths and location for risk management. Actually, you could uh, include age in that uh, analysis. The controversy regarding 200,000 COVID-19 deaths in nursing homes across the country is clearly due to incompetence of non-medical professionals making referral decisions for nursing home patients. For example, having governors and scientists manage the pandemic without the expertise to know how to categorize high-risk individuals versus low-risk and what the skilled nursing home and hospital rules and regulations require. Ironically, nursing homes aren't allowed by regulations to provide acute care and must be certified for Post subacute care for any patient requiring hospital care for viral pneumonia, respiratory failure, high risk of stroke, heart failure, diabetic seizure, bariatric care for severe uh, obesity must be transferred to an acute care hospital. As a result, the skilled nursing homes don't have respiratory therapists, trained RNs and support personnel on staff for servicing viral pneumonia in COVID-19 patients. Therefore, aren't allowed to provide complex respiratory and ventilator care. Also, since they don't have negative air filtration rooms, 24-hour on-site RN coverage and physicians making daily rounds for continuous supervision of COVID-19 interventions, evaluations, and treatment, they generally don't have a subacute certification to provide post-hospital complex respiratory and ventilator care. This includes any of the transfers made during the pandemic from hospitals to nursing homes and nursing homes to hospitals. As a result in New York over, they're saying now, of 12 to 15,000 patients in nursing homes expired due to the decision by Governor Cuomo to require hospitals to send patients with COVID-19 back to nursing homes and not accept COVID-19 readmissions. Across the country, 1.6 million nursing home patients were put at were the highest risk group and highest death rate due to COVID-19. Unfortunately, the uninformed governors, scientists, and CDC use nursing homes as dumping grounds to alleviate overcrowded hospitals. This has not only caused deaths. It exposed the other patients, the caregivers, 70,000 tested positive across the country and their families, hundreds of thousands to the deadly virus. Following are the citations and the nursing home regulations on the requirements to provide ventilator care and the rules for involving families in the decision to discharge and readmit COVID-19 patients. These rules were obviously not followed when the families weren't allowed in the nursing homes or in ICUs or visit the patient in a hospital bed. At the same time, those making the decisions forgot that in the 1990s, Medicare removed respiratory care in skilled nursing homes as a covered service unless they complied with the uh, following costly regulations. Even then, the reimbursement was averaged in with all other clinical care and watered down Uh, and watered down the amount of facility could be paid for the high compliance costs, thereby eliminating respiratory therapists from the nursing home caregiver team. Vent units then disappeared from skilled nursing centers and left the hospital or subacute care providers as the provider of those services. Then under the Obama administration, hospitals and skilled nursing facilities were penalized for admitting and readmitting such cases. elderly patients were referred to as frequent flyers between the nursing home and the hospital. This was to reduce Medicare and Medicaid costs. Following our excerpts from the rules and regulations pertaining to complex respiratory care, including procedures for including the family in any decision to transfer patients back and forth to the hospital. Also, in all instances, the medical director of the skilled nursing facility and/or the attending physician of the of the patient must timely certify and recertify the patient upon reentry to the facility, or just or discharge them to a hospital, or Medicare will not pay the bill. Obviously, these rules weren't followed by the governors of science nor the healthcare administrators. The nursing homes were victimized by this blunder. And blaming them is just avoiding the solution to a problem that has existed for years. In my book, Healthcare for All, I specify the causes of these problems and solutions for managing the care of our baby boomers and aging society for better outcomes. The controversy regarding COVID 19 deaths in nursing homes is clearly due to incompetence of the non medical professionals making referral decisions for, hospital, for nursing home patients. For example, having governors and scientists manage the pandemic without the expertise to know how to categorize high-risk individuals versus low-risk and what the skill of nursing home and hospital rules and regulations are. Ironically, nursing homes aren't allowed by regulation to provide acute care and must be certified for subacute care for any patient requiring hospital care. For uh, viral pneumonia, regular uh, respiratory failure, high risk of stroke, uh, high uh, heart failure, diabetic seizure, bariatric care for severe uh, obesity, and they must be transferred to an acute hospital. As a result, in New York, over 12,000 patients in nursing homes expired due to this decision by Governor Cuomo to require hospitals to to send patients with COVID-19 back to nursing homes and accept COVID-19 readmissions. Across the country, 1.6 million nursing home patients were the highest risk group in the highest death rate due to COVID-19. Unfortunately, the uninformed governors, scientists, and CDC using nursing homes as, as dumping grounds um, did not alleviate overcrowded hospitals. This, is, this not only caused death, it exposed the other patient, patients and caregivers. At the same time, those making the decision that in, in the 1990s, Medicare removed respiratory care in skilled nursing homes as a covered service unless they complied with the costly regulations. Regulations are numbered 483.10 through 483.25. I'm not going to just read those out loud. You can find them in my book or uh, on my website. For your information, I think I will quote from these uh, regulations. Uh, and guidelines. Uh, Regulation 483.10C3, facility shall inform the resident of the right to participate in his or her treatment and shall support the resident in this right. The inclusion of the resident or resident representative in all aspects of person-centered care planning and that this planning includes the provision of services to enable the resident to live with dignity and and support the resident's goals, choices, and preferences, including, but not limited to, goals related to their daily routines and goals to potentially return to a community setting. Guidance 483.40 B2. Facility staff must monitor the resident closely for expressions of or indications of distress. Assess and plan care for concerns identified in the resident's assessment. Accurately document the changes, including the frequency of occurrence and potential triggers in the resident's records. Share concerns with the interdisciplinary team to determine underlying causes, including different differential diagnosis. Ensure appropriate follow-up. Uh, discuss potential modifications in the care plan for additional information regarding non-pharmaceutical interventions, which would be hospitalization. Guidance 483.25. Changes in the respiratory system related to aging may lead to the development of and or difficulty challenges in treating diseases in the respiratory system and may impact treatments and interventions. Various modalities treatments for respiratory care identified on the assessment include respiratory treatments, therapy, oxygen therapy, the use of BiPAP, CPAP, tracheotomy, and or suctioning. And some facilities provide chest tubes and mechanical ventilation services, which would be ventilators. Very low percentage qualify for that service. Based upon the facility's assessment, the resident population, diagnosis, staffing, resources and staff skills, the facility must determine whether it has the capability and capacity to provide the needed respiratory care services for a patient with a respiratory diagnosis or syndrome that requires specialized respiratory care and and or services. This includes at a minimum sufficient numbers of qualified professional staff established resident care policies and staff trained and knowledgeable in respiratory care before admitting a resident, that patient that requires those services. Resident care policies, oxygen services, including the safe handling, humidification, cleaning, storage, and dispensing of oxygen. Uh, the policies and procedures based on the type of respiratory care and must include, but not limited to this, Types of respiratory exercises provided, such as cough, coughing, deep breathing, if provided, therapeutic percussion, vibration and bronchopulmonary drainage, aerosol drug delivery systems and medication. IPAP and CPAP treatments. Oversight and supervision of mechanical ventilation and respond to ventilator alarms if needed. Emergency care, which which includes staff training and competency for implementation of emergency in- interventions. At a minimum, cardiac respiratory complications and include provisions of appropriate equipment at the resident's bedside for immediate access, such as for unplanned exhalation. Ex- Procedures follow the, adv- the, the advent or adverse reactions to respiratory treatments or interventions, including me- mechanical ventilation, tracheostomy care, and, and provision of oxygen. Requires an ongoing respiratory assessment on a 20, 24-7 basis. Physician interventions are required on a daily basis emergency power for essential equipment such as mechanical ventilation must be provided. Practice of mechanical ventilation tracheotomy care including the use of humidifiers must include biohazard waste, infection control and disposable of equipment supplies. Requires posting the cautionary and, and safety signs indicating the use of oxygen and ventilator care that has to be provided in a negative air exchange room. Staffing and qualified personnel must have sufficient numbers of trained, competent, qualified staff consistent with state practice acts and laws. Identify who is authorized to perform each type of respiratory care services such as responding to mechanical ventilator alarms, suctioning, and tracheotomy care. Monitoring and documenting of respiratory services. Depending on the type of respiratory services the patient receives, physician orders and individual respiratory care plan documentation should include as appropriate on a shift 24-7 basis. Vital signs including the respiratory rate, chest movement and respiratory effort. Signs of dyspnea, 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 synosis, stenosis, coughing, uh, breathe, uh, position effects on, on breathing, characteristics of sputum, sputum um, potential of a potential infection The presence of behavioral changes that may reflect hypoxia, including anxiety, apprehension, and level of consciousness. Instruction for the resident on how to participate or assist in the respiratory treatments as appropriate. The attending practitioner must be immediately notified of significant changes in condition and available for intervening. And the medical record must reflect the notification responses and interventions implemented to address the patient's condition. Also refer to 483.10G14, F-TAG uh, F 580, for notification of physician family and significant changes. Modalities, respiratory therapy, care services. A variety of respiratory Therapy modalities and care may be provided in the nursing home, including coughing, deep breathing, therapeutic percussion, vibration, post- postural drainage, aerosol, nebulizers, humidification, and therapeutic gas administration, BiPAP, or CPAP, tracheotomy care, and trache- tracheal suctioning and mechanical ventilation, and oxygen, oxygenation support. If so, certified. Respiratory medications, um, which are aerosol uh, generators. There are three common types of aerosol generators used for inhaled, inhaled drug delivery. Small volume nebulizers, a pressurized meter dose inhaler, a dry powder inhaler. For information related to aerosol delivery devices include, for example, the specific devices manufactured guidelines for use, guide to aerosol delivery devices for physicians, nurses, pharmacists, and other healthcare professionals. Oxygen therapy. Oxygen therapy may be provided through various types of supply and delivery systems. Equipment may include the provision of oxygen through nasal cannulas, transtracheal oxygen catheters, oxygen canisters, cylinders or concentrators. For a patient receiving oxygen therapy, the resonance record must reflect ongoing assessment of the patient's respiratory status. response to oxygen therapy include at a minimum the attending practi- physician's order orders and indication for use. In addition, the record should include the type of respiratory equipment in use, uh, baseline, Uh, SPO2 levels, and to initiate and discontinue oxygen therapy. If the resident is ambulatory with his or her her oxygen delivery system, the patient must be informed of safety procedures and prohibitions for oxygen, such as smoking uh, is not allowed or, or other hazardous areas, and the staff should monitor, assure the resident adheres to the safety rules for oxygen. The patient's care plan should identify the interventions for oxygen therapy based upon the ongoing assessment and orders, such as, but not limited to, the type of oxygen delivery system, when to administer such as continuous or intermittent, and when to discontinue equipment settings for the prescribed flow rates. Monitoring of the SpO2 levels and or vital signs is ordered, and based on this the individual patient's risks, if applicable monitoring for complications such as skin integrity issues related to the use of nasal cannulae, and if necessary, the necessity of hospitalization. Maybe that will give you an idea of what's involved even even to have a, a nursing home, but to have one that provides the complete oxygen respiratory therapies and uh, oxidation, uh, which would include ventilators, uh, is subject to the, uh, uh, the state's public health certification that they're able to do that. And the, and the nursing homes that used to provide this, the skilled nursing homes that used to provide this and a uh, 24-hour access to a respiratory therapist no longer exist. Uh, The expense of setting up those units uh, is far outweighs having the hospital provide the services. So during a pandemic, uh, we have to learn from the errors and in the case of uh, respiratory, um, which was the uh, COVID-19 uh, pandemic requires uh, a way more um, uh, competence in referrals and in the per- performance of therapies and uh, oxidation than the typical nursing home has. So, that's t- to give you at least uh, the overview. In my book, uh, Healthcare for All, it completely
1: covers. Uh, the problem and the solution. Thank you. The wealthiest individuals, corporations and foundations who have profited from the great American enterprise must step up and reinvest equity in the enterprise by lowering our dependence on debt that is leading to our collective self-destruction. A third party that stands for these principles can impact America's future by being the swing vote, 10 seats in the Senate, 20 seats in the House and a seat in the Supreme Court and ultimately the presidency. To that end America for all prevails. The Roman Empire burned its future by ignoring its collective values and patriotism. While the Senate and Emperor argued, the military wasted away its honor on meaningless wars and land grabs. Our two-party political system is failing us as America burns its financial bridges and is in the same spiral to self-destruction. Since the advent of the great society programs we have evolved into a culture of violence, vulgarity and disproportionate excesses of prosperity divided by politics and media. I believe this is due to the failure of the leadership of our two parties practicing money not American enterprise values. Ask yourself, as a voter who would you pick, a better red than dead pragmatic Republican or a blue blood bleeding heart phlegmatic Democrat, or an enterprising market driven American enterprise party humanitarian that wants every American citizen to be successful and healthy in pursuing the American utopian dream. The pseudonyms, Republican capitalist and Democratic socialist parties, have failed leaving enterprising Americans at great danger in five ways, number one. Fiscal and financial future. Number two. Health, environmental and welfare debt funding pandemics. Number three. Consensus and constitutional polarization of our infrastructure. Number four. Justice and equity loss to partisanship and social violence. Number five. Patriotic and peaceful coexistence loss to special interest groups and riots. Fiscal and financial failure, the country is bankrupt. American federal and state debt exceeds our gross national product. The bubble has burst with $26 trillion in recorded debt and $155 trillion according to the U.S. Chamber of Commerce Debt Clock, www.usedebtclock.org, in unrecorded obligations, $470,200 per citizen, and growing. Panic from the COVID-19 pandemic has sunk our economic ship. We owe our future to competing enemies, $7 trillion owed to foreign interests, $3 billion spent on entitlements per year and debt exceeding our national GDP. Using GAAP, generally accepted accounting principles, how are we to survive when we have 22 million government workers drawing record salaries, 50% higher than the private sector? A $1 trillion per year payroll with $880 trillion in unfunded pension costs for having full pensions even when retiring early, best of the best fully paid for healthcare and a separate social security funding for longevity. Plus, the Federal Reserve, a separate entity to protect their member banks, is gambling taxpayers' 401.k money on Treasury bills and $15 trillion in derivatives to fund the national debt. Then manipulates the interest rates, $4 trillion in interest paid on national debt, without regard to inflating or deflating the American economy while America self-destructs with prices escalating and the value of the dollar plummeting. And a well-established elitist two-party political system of governance that fiddles while America burns. Read the American Enterprise Manifesto by Jerry Rhodes to get the full bailout and reorganization plan. Health, environment and welfare failure, the country as a whole isn't physically and mentally healthy. Exemplified by the COVID-19 pandemic, fear prevails at every level. Why? Because the majority of Americans, according to the CDC and WHO, aren't practicing healthy lifestyle habits. Their immune system is being attacked by any mutating virus. 60% don't regularly exercise, 40% are obese, 25% are depressed because of the pandemic. Our healthcare system is upside down when it gets paid for illness, not wellness. Lives lost to the COVID 19 virus is secondary to the chronic illnesses that afflict 117 million Americans, including 77 million baby boomers. All generations are dependent on prescription drugs and chemicals that are damaging our immunity and lowering our collective life expectancy. Our environment of climate storms, forest fires, and waste are contaminating our earth and cities. This is collectively costing Americans $4 trillion annually, $14,500 per person, plus anticipated cost of emission controls. The Great American Enterprise Manifesto by Jerry Rhodes proposes a third political party, an American enterprise party that represents enterprising Americans and privatized agencies that downsizes government and upsizes free market enterprise. With capitalism money and socialism workers working together to perpetuate the Great American Enterprise founded on policies that reduces laws, regulations, redundancy, debt, waste and deficits by following generally accepted accounting principles. Then, the three parties are able to better manage, under constitutional government, the finances and resources so our great American enterprise can be preserved. The red capitalists and blue socialists party extremes can be, by swing voting, pulled towards the middle by the white stars and striped constitutionists. Then, by having the red, white and blue flag represented and using generally accepted accounting principles to finance environment change, we can balance the books, pay down secured debt and budget for surpluses. At the same time, pursue world peace and solve the problems surrounding violence and poverty in America and the world. The cost of governance, including the health care of Americans, is currently lost to concealing reality by cooking the books. Not all of the obligations are recorded as incurred and revenues are recorded in advance of being earned resulting in understating the cost of governance and overstating the amount of revenue collected for any period of time due to accounting differences the only reliable source of financial information to answer the great economic questions are embodied in the debt clock www.debtclock maintained by the US chamber of commerce in new york city it in real time calculates the expenditures tax receipts debt and deficits properly using generally accepted accounting principles gaap a modified accrual method instead of the annual deficit for 2019 being $3 trillion, it is $8 trillion, and the debt being $26 trillion, is $123 trillion after accruing unrecorded obligations that apply to the 2019 and 2020 taxation deficit. The COVID-19 pandemic will put America another $3 trillion in the hole, while putting the value of our currency and ability to pay our bills further in the red. Presuming, that the vaccines and therapies work, going forward, and our economy reverses itself in 2021, still will not get America above water due to the current accounting method used. This will be exacerbated, by the change in the ruling party to Democrat with Republicans controlling the Senate, and our current governance will continue to be in gridlock. Thus, opening up the opportunity for an effective third party in 2024.
0: This is uh, recording number two of my favorite poem in uh, my poetry book, The Eighth Wonder of the World. It's called My America, the Bountiful. My America is the feeling of freedom. It's the feeling good when you get up in the morning and can decide what you're going to do that day, who you're going to see, and what you're going to say. It's the feeling that you can make a difference. It's the feeling you can produce your product, you can sell your produce, and you can benefit from your hard work unhindered. It's the feeling when you help your children with their homework so they'll be able to see their knowledge for growth, for maturity, for the good of the country. It's the feeling when you send them off to school, knowing they will receive a concerned teacher's attention, sensitivity, and guidance, and knowing as they grow up, they will thrive on their freedom to communicate, to express themselves, to direct their own destiny. It's the feeling when they graduate from grade school, junior high, and high school, that they are taking the steps towards a better life. And when you give their hand away in matrimony, that happiness shall be theirs. For together, as husband and wife, they can create the same and even more opportunities for their offspring. It's the feeling when you can unchain your dog and watch her run. Free for the, at least a little while to watch the expression on her face when she re, she's released from the shackles and the sadness that reappears when she must be chained. My America is the freedom of choice to buy the bread I want to buy, to acquire the goods I can afford to acquire, to invest my capital I have saved in ventures I want to take for the good of my family and my country. Continued. My country is being able to communicate in writing, speaking, and in whatever form language takes. My opinions, my thoughts, my prayers. My visions and my dreams to those who want to listen and to those enemies of America, of the America way who in themselves have not discovered America. My America is the blooming rose that has the freedom to grow toward a clear sky and warm sun, being able to complete its cycle from bloom to plumage to autumn, to a dormant grave only to rise again. My America is the personal commitment to grab opportunities that will better the country And to set an example for those who follow, what you give must be in proportion to what you take, or the erosion shall remove the sky, the sun, and the earth from our grasp. For in our America and the world, resources are limited. The energy, though absolute, is redistributed by our wills. The more astute, the more free we are to create, the better the use of the resources. And left in God's hands, through our America, we create goodwill, good products, good people, and peace of mind. My America, the bountiful. Oh yes, my America, the vision of the poet, the words of the orator, and the minds of the leaders. Be kind, be patient, be wise, but above all, humble to the reasons and the heritage of our freedom. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil ventures and purposes. For thine is mine America, as the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. So help us, God. Amen.